welcome to our podcast, Successful Student Transitions, A Time to Thrive, hosted by me, Louise Wilde, and Elizabeth Gillies. So in this podcast, we aim to support young people as they step out of school life into the world of work and study and help them to thrive in their new environment. So it's a new year and a new series. We're continuing to focus on the move to university. So if you're a first year student or you're in a new environment, today will be a good listen. So happy new year to you all. You might be listening at any time of the year, but this is new year for Louise and I. We've left 2023 behind us and now we're in 2024. A new year and a new series, as Louise says. And it's still linked with the previous series where we're focused on university students and parents. In the first eight weeks of the transition into university life, that was our focus. And today is about the return back to university. That first term might have been a mixed bag. Maybe it didn't go as you expected. You might be feeling it's hard work or even too much. There might be things that you really enjoyed in the beginning of friendships and new things. For each one of you, it will be different. And for me, being Scottish, the marking of a new year is really important. You know, I fondly remember family homes being cleaned and polished. I still do it a table full of food to feed visitors and neighbours, and even some restraint on saving the New Year tipple until midnight. So a time to stop and honour change, to reflect on the past, and importantly, a chance to start anew. You don't need to continue with old habits. You can make this a time to do something different, and it doesn't need to be a big thing. But bring into awareness the opportunities for growth with some reflection of the past and anticipation on the future. And Louise, it kind of reminds me of this strategy, this framework that we often talk about, the RAFT framework, R-A-F-T. So the R is about, you know, reconciling that there's change coming. It's an opportunity for repair or making new year resolutions or for thinking about for you as students, if you're listening in, you know, what you're going to do in this new term, stop and stop and notice and think about the things that are potential for you to make some changes about. The A is about affirming or acknowledging what's gone well, what was useful to you in this last, you know, this first term of, of being a student and what you can continue going forward. Saying that farewell to the old new year, to the old year and thinking about, you know, learning from that what's your learning what what are you taking into account from that that last term and also thinking about what's ahead what the hopes and dreams for this new term louise did you make any new year resolutions <laughs> i'm going to ruin this now because i'm going to say no <laughs> no <laughs> i didn't but i don't ever set new resolutions on new year i mean i i, I love the way you described it and that, that's the feeling i have about new year a uh, you mm. know chance to to redirect but I often don't think about it actually right at New Year. Um, so I didn't set any as, as, as such, but there was one exercise uh, that I followed, suggested by a guy called Michael Bungay, who's author of a really good book called How to Begin. And, mm. um, and it seemed like a really good idea to me, his suggestion. So it was to ask yourself two questions. What do I want more of this year? And what do I want less of? 
and then judge what you're doing against these two lists. So one of the things I want more of this year is consistency and hopefully the progress that will come from that in a number of goals. And what I want less of is giving into distractions and getting you know, taken off down routes I don't need to go. Mm. So I'm going to gauge what I do with these two things in mind. So will this action help me make progress and be consistent or is it going to distract me? That's my main question for this year. I like it. So it is a kind of resolution. I think you're right. Yeah. I think if we want to change, we shouldn't wait until certain times to do it we should just get on with it although part of my culture is that this is a time to do it and I kind of like that I like that kind of almost having a new breath a bit of new life into something and I totally agree with that and that's how I feel about new year it's yeah. kind of that new breath yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and and I was gonna say what I've done is I I borrowed something I've that you know, somebody, a young person I've been working with, and they've been kind of thinking about their sleep, which we all know we're going to talk about later is really important. And one of the things that they decided that they would do recently, and I borrowed that from them, is that when ten o'clock comes, so I've got a, I've got an alarm on my phone that I'm, you know, I get a message, and it's make a choice about what you do now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's not about an alarm to get to get up, but it's alarm about getting to bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, you know, and it's about a choice. You know, I can choose to kind of continue to read or continue to do the things that I'm doing, but knowing that it's a choice that I'm making. Mm-hmm. So that's my, it is a new year resolution because I decided that I would, I would do that. And you can ask me kind of like, as the weeks come, how how am, I, how am I doing in it? But so far, early days, it's working quite well. Yeah, we can hold each other accountable for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're we're asking you to, you know, if this is between your first and second term, or for some of you, second term starting, just to think, to stand back and review the first term honestly, we'd say, before you return or at this early point of return. You know, you might still be at home and be with people who you know well and people who are potential supporters, people who listen, people that help you problem solve if you're still at home. There's always room to do make improvements, just like Louise and I were talking there. So acting in a timely way, making good choices, not leaving it or putting it off, but to kind of be on things as soon as you can. We all know about the procrastination stuff that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. So today we're not going to, it's not going to be five tips, but it's five reflections for this new term. And so I'll start with kind of number one. It's remind yourself that you're still in a transition. You're still in this new entering phase of being in a new place with new people doing new things. And it takes time to do that. It takes time to learn how to look after yourself, to learn to be independent, more independent, to learn to, you know, we've been talking about financial things, to managing your finances. And remember, you know, when we're thinking about in terms of friendships and relationships, remember the research that we shared from Dunbar about the length of time it takes to make good friends, six months. So you've only really been at university for three. So if you've not made those firm friendships yet, it's not surprising. Remember as well in this times of transition that you could be comparing yourselves with other people, think that they're doing great 
um, or even think that they might be struggling and to see where you are in relation to them. And we've been doing some student interviews with people who have done the first term. And somebody I was talking to recently was saying, you know, it was one of those things that when they went home for the first time, really, um, between that first and second term, one of their worries was about would other people be saying, oh, they're having great time at university, it's all wonderful? Would they be comparing themselves a lot with each other? So it's a natural thing to do, but be cautious on it because, um, you know, some people will be, might be kind of over claiming what's happening because they want to be living this good life or, you know, just notice what we're going to say about doing things for yourself and noticing yourself. Um, if you've done that first term, well done to you because it's a tough one and the UK statistics are going to say that one in 16 don't return after that first term so it's hard um you know a lot of people find that first term really difficult for many reasons and I think what we're going to be saying today it's not too late to change and make adjustments you know there there's Louise and I in our different period of uh, life than you, we're, we're continuing to make changes and adjustments in our life. So it's not too late to do that. And I really like the idea of Louise saying doing something more or doing something less. It's something that could be easy to, to kind of alter and change. So it's important to reflect in the first term and make some changes and decisions about how to make the sec second term different and hopefully better, whether it's been awful not bad, great, there's still kind of changes and improvements. And that's really the R part of the raft that I was taking, talking about earlier. Knowing this is a time of change, it's continuing change, it's not going to stop, and you can make repairs and resolutions to do something different. So Louise, what, what's number two? What's a second reflection? Okay, so it's good to focus on what you've been doing well. So the A in the raft is for affirming and acknowledging what and who and importantly so what you've done for yourself so what's been happening what's been going well and what we want to do here is to return to the fundamentals of transition which we covered in series three so if you're new to the podcast you can go back and look at series three it starts with episode 21 and where we're talking there we're talking all about the fundamentals for well-being what we do to create dynamic in our well-being. And it's not just one strategy on its own. It's all about how different aspects of our well-being work together for us. And we're all different in that sense. So it's really something that's worth reflecting on and working out for yourself. So you can go back and listen to that series. There's a lot there. You might want to take it slowly. But for the first episode, just to get an intro, 21 is this place to start. But what we would like you to do as you listen now, as we talk through these fundamentals, is just think about what we're talking about and think about what this area means for you. And perhaps think about last term and how you are now and write down and rate how you think you're doing in each of these areas that we go through. So be honest with yourself. So give yourself a rating of say between one and 10. 10 will be, yes, this has been a real priority for me. I've had good attention on this topic and I'm feeling that I'm, yeah, doing pretty well here. One would be, well, I've let this slip. It's been way down the priority ladder. It might be that 
it's way down the priority ladder for good reason. You might choose not to bring it up, but you might decide actually I want to do something to improve it. So scale of one to 10, you rate where you feel you are with each of these. So the fundamentals are all about you know, the, the, the fundamentals that feed into helping us to feel good and function well, which is the definition that we like to use from Professor Hoopert about um, definition for well-being. So feeling good and functioning well through the highs and lows of life. So recognising that life is not one flow of happiness and, and, and you know, great great things there are challenging times especially in times of transition so it's about feeling good and functioning well through those as well so the first area is all about sleep Elizabeth mentioned that that's a focus for her this year you know there's been so much research about sleep recently and we do have a full episode on it if you want to go and listen to that there's lots of research about the circadian rhythms and the importance of regularity around sleep routines now I think probably university life is one life that is really not very compatible with that. And, you know, we're not saying don't go out and you must be in bed by nine every night and up at six. That's not what we're saying, although that's what if you were following your circadian rhythms, you would probably be doing around about that. But we recognise that's probably not practical, not realistic. But what we are saying is that if you're feeling out of sorts and a bit down, then one area to pay attention to is your sleep. And just ask yourself, you know, how have I been sleeping? Am I getting up and going out into the light? It's so important that our body sort of recognises the daylight and daytime and that we're out in that light. Are you eating in some regular way? Um, and do you have routines about sleep when you're not out socialising late? You know, is there something quite normal about, well, about, you know, whatever time it is in the evening you think about quietening down and, and getting some sleep and it's really worth if you're feeling a bit down and out of sorts to have a focus perhaps for a week on your sleep and getting some good sleep and see what impact that has for you anything you'd add there Elizabeth no I, I think it's good I think I agree with you getting light in your retinas in your eyes is really important mm -hmm. You know, getting outside, you know, young people, of course, you're going to be wanting to be studying and on screens and being with friends and everything. Um, getting out into some light early in the morning sets up your sleep cycle. So it's not just about what I'm talking about, my alarm at 10 o'clock at night. It's about what you do through the day, eating in a regular way. All our cells have these circadian, these body clocks. So think about so think about one to ten. I know where I am at the moment, and that's why I'm going to focus on that for <laughs> at least next months. Good, good. Thank you. Okay, so the next area is movement. Um, so we all know that movement is good for us. It's a real energy booster. It's good for both our physical and our mental health. So our recommendation here is find something you love to do. You can perhaps add a social element to it. And if you do, then you've got a really great recipe for feeling well and boosting all of those positive hormones and neurotransmitters that help us to feel good and function well, both physically and psychologically. So worth thinking about movement and what you're doing. It doesn't I'm not necessarily talking about fitness and gyms and all of that, although that might be part of it. But there are lots of other ways you can put build movement into your lives without you know having to go to the gym if that's not something that appeals to you Elizabeth anything to add no I think that I think that's good I mean movement even, is even stretching isn't it 
you know yes. yes so having a good stretch or yoga or something we live such sedentary lives don't we and so that movement is important so think of your one to ten there how are you rating yourselves fantastic then nutrition um it's probably grown there somewhere because <laughs> I think there is so much about nutrition online these days. Um, but there's growing evidence about the importance of a healthy diet, one that's rich in fiber as a way to boost your gut microbiome, which has in turn you know, a really big impact on cell function all over the body, including our brain. So when you're wanting to be able to think clearly, to work cognitively on your studies, it's really important you're feeding yourself, feeding your brain. And so I think if you've heard of the Zoe app, this is um, some great information about diet and nutrition. They provide it on their website regularly. And what they recommend is that we should be working towards eating 30 different forms of fibre a week. That's quite a, a, a big goal, I think. And you might feel that you're a long way off. So what we would suggest is, well, have a think about that and perhaps just try adding one or two sources of fibre a week to your diet. Gradually build it up. And when we're talking about that with fibre, we're talking about veg, fruit, legumes, pulses, nuts and seeds. So start building that up. Remember to add protein as well. And just be a bit more conscious about what you're feeding your body with. I know it can be so easy to end up in Costa Pret um, on campus in the, the restaurants there that perhaps might not always have the healthiest of options. So how can you balance that out, you know, perhaps at home in the evenings with a good meal? Um, anything to add there, Elizabeth? Yeah, I would say I would say listen to our nutrition fundamental podcast where we inter interviewed a nutritionist, Rob, and he gave some really great ideas for cooking on a budget mm. uh, and buying healthy things um, in, in a kind of financially good way. So uh, something to go back to if you if if maybe your low score is on your nutrition, something to go back and listen to. Yeah, yeah. So rate that one to ten. So moving on, <laughs> next area is rest. So do you notice when you're feeling tired and needing rest? And what are the signals that you personally, you know, recognise? And then when you do recognise them, what's your go-to activity when you feel you need to take a break and have, have a rest? It's so important to acknowledge that we don't have to be on the go all the time and that we do sometimes need to sit and do nothing. And I was reading an article the other day about the art of Nixon, I think it's pronounced, I'm not quite sure, it's a Dutch word and it's the Dutch art of doing nothing and encouraging us all to try and do nothing for say 10 minutes a day. You know, our brains are constantly on alert, especially in new situations where we're you know, making new friends and learning new ways of being and doing and academic challenges and all of that. So it's really valuable sometimes to just take a rest and, and give our brains a complete break. So I'm not talking about turning on, you know, turning to your phone at this point. I'm saying um, doing nothing and, and just seeing how that goes for 10 minutes. It might be you just go and walk in the fresh air for 10 minutes and let your brain just be. <laughs> um, it might be that you just choose to lie in your bed for 10 minutes and, and daydream. I think sometimes we, we lose the art of daydreaming because there's so much else sort of 
heading our way and grabbing our attentions and that daydreaming can be so beneficial for us so think about rest think about scale of one to ten where are you in terms of understanding when you need rest and then perhaps choosing a way of taking rest Elizabeth anything to add there I'm previewing all the student conversations that are coming up a couple of students have said to me at that first term was so busy for them that they knew they were talking and meeting lots of people. Sometimes they just needed to be on their own. So this is Nick Sen for them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like they need, you know, rest wasn't about going to sleep or anything like that, but rest was just having a break from all that social interaction. So um totally concur with that. Brilliant. And if you want to think more about rest, there's a really good um, episode on rest where we take you through Six or is it seven? I can't remember. Seven, seven, seven different yeah. ways of resting. Yeah. And I bet you didn't didn't know that those you know you could think about it in that way. So mm-hmm. perhaps go and take a listen to that and choose what appeals to you as a way of resting. So the next area is relationships. So Elizabeth talked about that. You know how much of a social frenzy that first term can be. And I wonder, do you feel you have a group of fellow students that you can go out with and talk to? As Elizabeth said in the introduction, the work by Dunbar suggests that it can take up to six months to build those new um, good friendships. So, you know, if you're not quite there yet, if you're not feeling you've got your best friends just yet, that's not an issue. That's probably quite normal for a lot of people. And I certainly know from a lot of students I know that relationships definitely evolve this term. Your second year, first year is a frenzy meeting people and then things kind of consolidate this term. So the question is, you know, are you putting in the work to to further those friendships? Because it does take time and connection, you know, and intention around friendships to build them. Um, so the work's going to be about, you know, asking and inviting people to do things with you, perhaps continuing to join groups and social clubs and so on, changing perhaps some of those. You may not have chosen the ones you want to continue. I know that's a bit of a pain. You may have invested. But if it's not working, perhaps think about doing something different. You could also think about finding a study buddy within your course. If you haven't yet connected with people, you know, go to lectures and talk to a few people. And often, you know, people are just waiting to be asked. That's the thing. And we think they're not, but often they are and they'll be very welcoming. So, Elizabeth, anything that more to add there in terms of yeah. relationships? Yeah, I, I think exactly that thing that you said. It's maybe been a new thing for us to do, to ask somebody we don't really know to do something with us. Or, mm. And in fact, one of the students I interviewed, they said, they said it felt like a bit like asking somebody on a play date you know maybe they've got <laughs> out of the habit of doing that kind of thing and then because they've got all their friends but this is all this new stuff of making friends and like you saying it's the work that needs to be done so again rate yourself one to ten how how are you doing on making and continuing to build those relationships yeah yeah and I know a student who in the second term spent quite a bit of time just messaging people and saying how about meeting up for coffee how about Mm. doing x you know and furthering those initial contacts for the first term Mm. and that really worked well because by the end of the second term you know those relationships are developed Mm. so yeah keep going at it (laughs) then community so if you feel you haven't achieved a sense of belonging yet that's probably not unusual either and it's just all about continuing 
to think about how you can go and where you can go and meet new people and further those connections. So, as I just said, you know, if you have have tried some societies that haven't worked out, perhaps try something new. And if you enjoy it, keep turning up. I think that's the other thing where we tend to go to one and we think, oh, I didn't feel quite right. Didn't feel quite, I've met, I've met anyone there. And we don't go again. They give it two or three, four times. And if it doesn't work after that, then perhaps think again. But do go back if you've only been once <laughs> and try again. Um, and go back and listen to the community episode because it's full of good ideas too and I'd also turn it around and say if you do feel you're part of a community and you feel that you are developing that nice sense of belonging look out to other people and see who's looking perhaps still a bit lost and needing you know to build their sense of belonging and and bring them into your groups and, and encourage them to to be part of your community. Then moving on to finances. So how did the first term of managing your money go? How are you doing? I know it's it's challenging, isn't it, given the cost of living crisis and, you know, things just money just does not stretch as far as it used to. So having a budget is ever more important. So my question is, do you have a budget? Do you know how much you have available to spend this term? And are you working to it? And do you know your biggest costs and when they're due? So student accommodation, for example, and other big costs. I guess for many of you thinking about accommodation next year is on the agenda. So facing those costs and thinking about, you know, how you're going to manage that next year might be on your mind too. And probably a good thing to begin to think about now as well. And then you might also as many students do, realise that, oh, I'm going to have to earn some money to add something to my finances. So if you do, you know, how are you going to go about doing that? Have you got some ideas about where you might find work? Are there some agencies that you can register for or with? I know quite a few students who do that. They put their names down on agencies and then every so often a job pops up and they just go and do a few nights working in a hotel bar or whatever it is to earn some extra cash that just helps keep tides them over. And then, of course, planning for the holidays, you know, Easter coming up. Do you want to work? Do you need to work? How can you start planning for that now? And you might also want to start planning for the summer as well now. Um, as and when agencies start building those lists for summer work. Anything to add there, Elizabeth, in terms of finances? No, but I think it's one of the things that if you read around students and universities, finances is one of the big things that people are mm. are aware of about the costs of living and and so how important it is to to get kind of know what, what what your money situation is to keep some budgets because it can be a huge worry if that's you know if that's a strain on you or something you're struggling with yeah 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 and I know from personal experience it's something that is easy to want to ignore <laughs> but it always always feels so much better once you faced it and yeah. worked out what's there and what's not and what you're going to do and having a plan so rate mm-hmm. finances on a scale of one to two, ten, and then think about what perhaps you need to do to to feel better about them and to know that you, 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 you've got that in hand. So inner world, have you been able to notice what's going on in your head? Are you aware of your thoughts and are you able to take an objective view about how you're doing? 
and how are you being in terms of being a helpful coach to yourself so you know do you take time to just sit and reflect as you're doing now and think about what your mind is telling you about how things are going and if you want to think more about this then there's a really good episode on understanding your inner word world it's our second most popular episode actually so go and have a search for that and have a listen mm. Elizabeth I know that's your area yes yeah, special area <laughs> anything you want to add to that well, we have a, all have a rich inner world, you know, and we have to we have to notice if it's helping or hindering us, mm. um, and notice those thoughts, and notice when we're comparing ourselves with other people. I think that's a that's a big issue for us as mm. as social beings, you know. So when you compare yourself to other people, is that something that's helpful to you or not? Mm. And we are going to talk a little bit more about this in the in the about something I'm also really quite keen on is about that inner compassion. We're going to be talking about that later. So I'll save some of the things for then too. Okay, right. Only two more left. So yeah. next area is purpose. So are you clear on why you're doing what you're doing? So why you're here on the course that you're doing? I think it's really helpful at this point in the term, at so the beginning of this new term, to remind yourself about what this term is about, what's important to you about this term, and remind yourself also about what it's taken for you to get to where you are now. A huge amount of study and dedication. So reminding yourself of that. And then thinking about, you know, how much it means to you to, to focus on the work that you need to do this term. And, and other things, actually, that give your life meaning and purpose too. So where else do you want to focus your attention? What gives you you know, makes you feel good about what you're doing. It may be contributing to the clubs and societies. It may be some charity work that you do. It may be the work you do outside, um, outside of, of university to earn money. So thinking about those things, getting a sense of what motivates you around all of this. And then the final area is organisation of the academics. So how are you doing getting down to work, setting up your structures and routines that help you to be successful. Um, so yeah, how organized are you? How much of a handle do you have on what's coming up this term and how you're gonna manage it all? Scale of one to 10, rate it. And if you need to think about that, there's some episodes on organization too. So once you've listened to all of this, hopefully you've written ratings down against each of these areas. So have a look at those ratings now. Now, of course, you might be drawn to focus on the low numbers. You know, we do tend to do that. We look at where we're not doing so well, but we and we then forget to focus on what we're doing well and congratulate ourselves on that. So look at both, look at what's going well and what do I want to continue? What do I want to do the same? And then perhaps look at other areas and think, well, what would I want to change? We suggest that you don't try and change everything all at once. So perhaps choose one area that you want to focus on. Learn a bit more about it if you want to by going back and listening to previous episodes and decide what are the one or two things you want to change in that area. And savour what's been successful because you're here, you've, you've done the first term 
And hopefully you can look back on that first term and identify what has been good and successful about it. And so now's the time to pat yourself on the back and congratulate yourself, but also to think about how nice it feels to to just think about that success and to savour it because that really contributes to our sense of well-being too. Okay, so Elizabeth, moving on to the third point, which is all about making a new plan. Yeah, and I think then and only then, once you've done the savouring bit, you kind of can make a plan because if you start to make a plan, you're going to you're going to negate all that good stuff that's happening. So let's go back to kind of thinking about when Louise and I were talking about resolutions or doing some change. It might be good to be thinking about what you hope this new term will bring to you, what you're going to kind of focus on to, to maybe have the best possible outcome of this term. What would, what would, be, the, what would be the way that you would get that? What would you be doing? What would you be spending time with? And how would you feel it, be feeling about your studies if things went really well? Um, I'm, I'm kind of remembering something that I, I was talking to some people about recently. And it's about sometimes we wait for a feeling to do something, but actually doing something can take you to a feeling. So it's about focusing a lot on doing, doing things that get you that good feeling. Because if we stay with a feeling, we often sometimes don't get to do the stuff we want to do. So thinking about what you want more that Louise was talking about, what do you want to do more of and what do you want to do less of? So we're going to focus on doing stuff. Now, let's just think, look now about the, your ratings and, and think about where you maybe got some challenges, where there were some lower numbers. Was there one area or were there more than one? You know, remember that first thing that we talked about, that this is still a transition period for you and challenges will be part of it. And hopefully there will be new opportunities and enjoyable experiences, too, and about finding that balance. One of the things when we talked and introduced the fundamentals in that in that well-being podcast some series ago, we talked about what we called core fundamentals. So. If you get any of these, what we call core fundamentals, it might be good to address those first. So those ones would be sleep, movement, eating and rest. So if there are some of these things that are underlying the, all of, you know, the whole of your well-being, some changes in those things might bring some really rich rewards to you. So think about doing that and be thinking about some small behavioural things that you can be doing to make changes to those areas. Louise and uh, Louise and I were talking about this recently, and she has been reading a lot about the grit thing. I don't know if you want to say this about grit, Louise, but you were reading into Caroline Adams Miller's research. Do you want to kind of explain a bit of that? Yeah, sure, sure. So this is a researcher who, I don't know whether you have heard about the, the research that's been done around grit, which is all about you know, how when we feel an interest, a passion in something and we sort of put in effort and persevere, it's often the perseverance that gets us through. And it's the effort involved that's important. And she's done a lot of research around the subject of success as well and what leads people to success. And she says that she had been thinking that happiness and well-being came 
as a result of being successful. You know, the hard work then led to success in whatever you were working on and then you'd be happy about that you'd feel good about it so therefore well-being would be generated but a lot of the research that she has reviewed on the subject of well-being has found that well-being was a prerequisite to success and that really just makes sense doesn't it because if we're feeling good and we're functioning well which is the definition we like to use it means that we're likely to perform so much better in everything that we do and the work that we need to do. So that's an important pointer back to the fundamentals for your well-being. You know, how are you building those fundamentals and ensuring that you they they contribute to a sense of well-being that you can then draw on to create success in whatever area you're focusing on. And it is quite interesting, isn't it, that it's not just all the hard work, it's feeling good about yourself. And our fundamentals are all about that building, that well-being and uh, as a foundation to everything else you do. And it goes back to our kind of what we're talking about, this transition blueprint about making sure that you're, you've got a range of things that you're doing that creates a dynamic for the well-being. It's not just one thing that's going to do it. Yeah. So if you first focus on those core fundamentals and if there's some changes you can do about that, that's a good thing. But if it's around academics and organisation, maybe there's things that you need to do that ask for help with, you know, where you need to think about where can you gain some support. There'll be lots of um, information on your university resources or drop-in services for a range of um, support you might need even in related to finances so if there's something kind of where you need some outside help for go to it try and find that out early this term um, it might not be the same old you know trying to do things trying to you know um, sort things out for yourself sometimes you know two hands are better than one which is maybe part of our podcast stuff that we're doing so, <laughs> so think about making a plan for next term I really like this strategy when then so mine is when my 10 o'clock alarm goes off then I'm <laughs> going to make a choice right so it might be you know when I notice that I you know I'm I'm kind of putting off a bit of work I'm actually going to say give myself five minutes to do it or you know what that when then strategy is a good one having some targets, a bit like Louise and I are doing targets with check-ins with each other, and we will do it. We'll say, how's your how's your alarm going, Elizabeth? Or I'm going to be saying to <laughs> Louise, what are you doing more of? So actually having that commitment with other people is quite a good thing to do. And so that kind of links us up with study groups and, you know, study buddies of having things to do with other people, going to the library together, you know, setting up routines together, joining in with other people that are doing certain things is going to help you with that dynamic. So make a plan for this term. Think about what you'd want to do more of and what you want to do less. Louise, can you can you talk to us a little bit about then about our, our reflection number four about asking for help? Yes, so asking for help is so, so important if you need it. And I was just reminded as you were talking there, Elizabeth, about you know, some students I know who who have really developed this as, an, as a habit. You know, so when they get stuck with something, they do they get in touch with their tutor. They go to, they're thinking about careers, they go and talk to the careers centre and really 
to get the help that is available because there is help there at uni and um and and plenty of support there so really important to ask for help but not just with you know the formal areas of university you know with your friends and new new friendships and and course colleagues you know often we believe that asking for help is a sign of weakness but the actual exciting thing about asking for help is that it can actually help to develop relationships. So if at this stage you're still looking to develop relationships, this could be quite a useful tactic because what research shows is that the recipient of a request for help from you is more likely to feel closer to you. And then that increases their inclination to help you and continue to do so in the future. So asking, you know, somebody on your course, oh, can you just help me with X, Y or Z, um, will probably help to build a relationship there. What happens, though, in gen generally is that rather than for asking for help, we often do the opposite and we help others. You know, we look for people who need support and we perhaps become over generous givers. And so the solution apparently is to have this sort of giving, requesting sort of behaviour. We both do, we all do. So we give to some people, request, request from others. But apparently the sort of giver, requester combination, only 10% of us actually have that. So we all have, 90% of us have got work to do here. And it's that we're more of a giver than a requester. So we need to work on requesting help. And an author called Wayne Baker suggests that we use what he calls his SMART acronym, a bit like the goal setting one, but slightly different in this set in this sense. He says we want to be very specific with what we're asking for. We need to be meaningful. So we need to say why it's important to us that we receive this help. Action orientated. So we're clear about what we're asking someone to do for us. Realistic not too much of an ask, not too big an ask, and timed. So that might help you if you're wanting to go and talk to your tutor, um, for example, and ask for help, or to career services, or something within the university organisation, to use that SMART sort of framework to help set your request. It may, may help you feel more confident to go and ask for that help. Um, so, yeah, give some thought to any areas that you need help in, and go and find it, and ask for help because people are there ready and willing to help you. And and when you do, it's often a relief, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, thank God I did that. You know, um, it's that courage you need a little bit before you do it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So our, our fifth reflection today is developing that inner compassion or self-compassion within ourselves. And if any of you want to read or find out more about it, go back to our self-compassion um, episode or listen to some work by Kristen Neff. She has a fantastic website, some great TED Talks about it. But let's just a quick review about what self-compassion is. It's about treating yourself with kindness. And it's so important for you to do this at these beginnings and new changes and transitions of things. And it, what that looks like is no judgment, no harsh comments, no remarks made to yourself that you wouldn't make to a friend. So the compassion is directed towards yourself. You know, if you called a friend hopeless or useless or unorganized, my guess is they wouldn't be around for long. It also recognizes that the world's not a perfect place. There are tough times for us all. There are ups and downs in life. So you have to learn to manage the rough with the smooth. 
and everything won't be perfect just like in this transition it's going to take a little bit of change a bit of working out a bit of adjustment um so watch out for those it shouldn't be like this i'm making a mess of this so that's the second aspect and the third aspect is about being mindful of your thoughts and feelings like um you've got to notice this as an up and enjoy it right don't disregard it savor it like we talked about but also notice if it's a tough time and acknowledge it. Observe this within yourself, like this is a hard time for me. This transition is harder than I expected. Maybe getting back into second term is not something I'm necessarily going to be overjoyed about. So this is mindfulness and it's part of self-compassion. Accepting and acknowledging, it's kind of linked with that name it to tame it, that if you kind of name an emotion or a thought or a feeling, um, you're more able to kind of deal with it and make good choices about it. So notice that critical voice that's likely not going to help you or help other people if you say things to them. It might make you feel worse. Noticing when you're expecting things to go well and it's not going well. Notice if you're trying to avoid thoughts and feelings. So how do you be compassionate to yourself? What do you do instead? And I often say to people, what would you say to a good friend who was finding it difficult to settle at university? You'd likely say the things that we've been saying today. You know, change takes time. You'll get there. You know, keep, keep trying. Keep investing in it. You know, friendship takes time. You know, it takes six months or go and ask for help if you need it. So all those things that are, those words, whatever you choose to say to others, try and bring to yourself. That's being a good friend to yourself. That's showing yourself kindness. And you might also be asking, you know, what do I need right now? How can I look after myself? You have to know that you're not the only one that wants um, change to happen or you're finding difficulty in a transition. So offer that, offer that friendship to yourself. Um, notice that inner voice and and pause and maybe this is a time to change and do something different bring that self-compassion so Louise can you can you give us our, our five ref reflections of for the new year and for this new term absolutely so the five summarizing today reflections for the new year are number one you can make a new start Keep calm and acknowledge you're still part of this entry into university phase. You're still part in this transition phase. Number two, review how you've been doing. It's likely to be a mix of highs and lows. Three, recognise what you're doing well and where to make the changes. Thinking about all of those fundamentals and elements of well-being. Number four, ask for help if you need it. You know, it's a really good life skill. So build that as a, a new skill and it will send you well. And five, be compassionate with yourself in this time of change. It's really important. And I think a lovely note to end on today. So welcome to 2024. And thanks for listening to today's episode. Coming up in the next month or so will be less from us and more from our guests, students and professionals working to support student wellbeing. So we look forward to sharing this all with you. We mentioned many past episodes and I just want to highlight where you can go to find them. The episode on self-compassion is an early episode 
Episode five, nurturing self-compassion. Episode six, why it helps to ask. And episodes 21 through to 35, fundamentals for well-being, dynamics for thriving through change. Please, if you can, help us to spread the word about this podcast by sharing this episode with friends and colleagues. And also go and follow and review the podcast on your app of choice. Thank you so much. That's all for today. We'll be back soon with the next episode. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information in this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.